0: Promise uh, promised in the last episode that we were going to pick a day and uh, stick to it, so we'd better do that by the end of the episode. Yeah, I'm thinking
1: Thursdays.
0: That's a good day. I, I think that Thursday is a good day to do it on.
1: Well, it's after Wednesday and it's before Saturday.
0: That's how we did it. You see, that's what, that was the logic. That was how we worked it out. Do you see the genius there? <laughs> so, Ed, you're back from the continent. The continent. Uh, yeah, which, I, was, which was the site of probably the highlight of Manchester United's uh, footballing fortnight since we last did this. Uh, it, it
1: was, it was, the entire continent. Well, <laughs> no, specifically uh, Milan was uh, the highlight of uh, United's fortnight, a superb win out there, wasn't it? And uh, I mean after the first 15-20 minutes, Milan fell away and United just took control. Yeah, it was a very sort
0: of strange game, it was so open and end-to-end. Um, which are kind of first leg away in uh, Milan? You wouldn't necessarily expect would be the case.
1: No, I mean I was I was expecting a tough a tough game. I mean M- Milan are a great side and they've had uh, an up and down season. They they won last night and they're now what four points behind Inter. So they are go- they are going to challenge for the Italian League Championship this season. But you look at their side and you think yes, yeah, some great players who were great once. Um, and it kind of proved to be the case, I think, in the the game. They came out firing. You'd expect that. They produced a load of chances in the first fifteen, twenty minutes. We could have been out of it, couldn't we? Um, yeah. Ferguson said in the aftermath that United could have been three 0 down at half time, I and mean, we really could have been. Yeah. Um, but but I think from about fifteen minutes in, they settled down. They took control of the ball. Um, really it was magnificent of course but I thought, I thought the three in midfield really provided that solid platform uh, for United building some possession and control of the game and uh, I think there were value for their 3-1 and, and Milan were just a bit lucky to get that one at the end well, I I mean I kind of agree
0: in a way in the way the game kind of played out but on the other hand we were quite lucky not to be 3-0 down at one point um, I, I felt like uh, the real turning point in that game was when... Um, Nani was replaced by Valencia.
1: Yeah, um, and and I mean Valencia's been unlucky in a way in, in that Nani came back into some form, but I also I also think they wanted to give him uh, some time off. I mean Ferguson spoke about um, it's the first season he's had at United, and so they they wanted to make sure that they give him a rest because they're not quite sure how he will cope with playing Saturday, Wednesday. Obviously, Wigan we don't play in the Champions League, um, and hopefully that <laughs> will have done in. Obviously, Sorry, that's, just, that's,
0: that's brilliant. That is definitely going to be the title of this week's episode. <laughs> Wigan we don't play in the
1: Champions League. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, they gave him the rest, and uh, hopefully, it'll we'll do him good. And I, I, yeah, he, you're right. Uh, last half an hour, he was he was he was brilliant, and uh, he really took on the the you know, Milan defence. Um, I thought he was he was really good on Wednesday night as well against West Ham. We'll come on to that. Um, well, but yeah, he was he was the kind of spark that made it happen. Um I'm I'm just gonna uh pull up my uh, text message
0: conversation that I had with you. Uh, we have an iTunes clean tag so I can't quote it directly. But uh it was something along the lines of Get in there, Michael Jackson the third when uh, when when Valencia put that ball in. <laughs> yeah, You were very excited And what a goal from Paul Scholes in that Milan game I mean, Paul Scholes has scored some great goals in his career But I'm pretty sure he's never ever dummied it with his right leg In order to knock it in with his left shin before
1: That's just... right, all those commentators saying that um, you know, He did an air shot and just got lucky You're just totally wrong He meant that all the way It's right there in the name He scores goals, my lord He knows what he's doing, it's Paul Scholes That's right um, well, but touch of fortune, of course, getting back into it. But, Absolutely. Uh, but I think United worked their way back into it. And um, and to get going at 1-1, obviously the dressing room would have been really up. Um, yeah. And they came out and they just played really well in the second half. And was, it was fantastic to see. And we're
0: obviously going to come on to the Everton game. But this is just further demonstration. to I mean, the very schizophrenic season
1: that United are having this year. Yeah, um, performances haven't been consistent at all, have they? And we're going to have to be pretty good in the second leg. I mean, uh, obviously there'll be a lot of confidence and there's some risk of being overconfident here uh, about Milan because, as we said, they're not a great side. Um, But we are going to be missing Michael Carrick. Uh, It looks like um he, who's suspended uh pretty unlucky i thought with that suspension um he sort of let the ball go between his legs he didn't boot it away or anything into the stands um, and the referee deemed that time wasting um so he misses the second leg anderson as we'll come on to uh, out so is rio ferdinand um so we haven't got much left in midfield Giggs may or may not make it um there's some yeah. talk of him being back in time for that and wearing a lightweight cast, which he'd have to get permission for.
0: It's going to be really tricky, isn't it, that game? Um,
1: yeah, it'll and... be, it'll be, it, it, it will be a tough game. Uh, I mean, we helped that Milan have to come out and win.
0: Yeah, absolutely, because that that's not necessarily their natural comfort zone, is it? And, you know, we're obviously a lot quicker than them on the break. Just before we move off the Milan game, we just wanted to give a little shout-out to David Beckham and... You, you posted a poll when the draw was made about how United fans would receive uh, Beckham, and that was talking about him coming back to Old Trafford. But the uh, travelling support made their feelings about David Beckham very clear. We got a full five-minute sing-song after he was substituted. Uh, there was there was a, a good long chorus of one David Beckham, followed by a, 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 a hope, a, a, a maybe slightly in jest, but definitely heartfelt Fergie sign him
1: up for a little while there. Uh, and I thought that was great. Um yeah. I I think you know he's obviously a, he's a fan at heart and he says the right things. Um yeah. and uh he he spoke how you know how emotional it was for him and that he's a united fan and it was going to be tough for him to play in the game. Um and it, I guess it helped that he didn't score and was generally pretty rubbish in the match too.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, the,
1: the affection did start to pour out once
0: he was off the pitch and no longer a threat.
1: So yes, um Everton and and really brought United back down to uh, earth for the bump.
0: Yeah, rubbish, absolutely.
1: Just, there's no other word for it. They were just rubbish, weren't they? Yeah, Fergie blamed it on tiredness. And I, I guess there was some of that. I mean, such a big game in Milan and all the hype and the, the emotional intensity of it and uh, the travelling. But it's not as if the side aren't used to that. I mean, we do play yeah, a, a lot of away games in Europe. I mean, that's the fourth this season. But over the last few seasons, there have been a lot. So they are used to doing that so uh, y- yeah they, they've looked leggy they, they looked a little bit disinterested which I'm sure is not true and I'm sure it's just the case of they were tired emotionally and physically but yeah uh, that's what the squad's for, right? You rotate, so you know, all in all, pretty poor performance.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting, the tiredness thing, because yes, it was the Milan game, but I think it was almost like more of just the accumulation from that high of that Carlin Cup semi-final onwards. It's been a very high-intensity, high-energy period, um, and the Milan game was kind of a, a peak of that in a way, and the Everton, Everton game felt like a trough. Um, and... You know Everton set up really nicely to play against United. I thought they were excellent. If um, to give them a good deal of credit, but um, you, you think United in top form would have taken the, the the good Everton performance that was put against them and and kind of conquered it. And and you know Gary Neville shouldn't be uh, playing top flight football anymore, right? I don't. I just. I mean Gary Neville's a fan. He's a United absolute legend, and you know has been such a. A great servant of the club but also just a very very top 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 player but he you know he just looked just completely out of the game basically yeah he,
1: he had a poor game but i actually i think most of our back four did and um, wes brown turned his back on the the first goal of Billy yeah. of um which pretty poor defense i mean i couldn't believe it when i saw it um obviously johnny evans got sort of run round for the third goal which was incredibly poor and you don't expect it of Evans and he's had just a little bit of a dip in the last few games um, but I think
0: I think it's got everything to do with the back four as a unit Johnny Evans's form because when he plays with Rio he looks magnificent you know
1: right um, well when anyone plays even John Terry looks good when he plays with Rio yeah, <laughs> yeah people people uh I I, I think um I mean, it's you know, it's that kind of anti-United thing sometimes. But people underestimate just how good Ferdinand is, um, yeah. and he's a top top player, and we've missed him massively. Um, yeah. And and it's 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 a real shame. I mean, it's bad enough being without Rio, but uh, Vidic being out at the same time is obviously a huge blow. And Brown and Evans, you know, in their own terms, are very very good defenders, and I'm sure Evans is going to have a really good career um, at United, and you know, he will be here for many years. It's just a real shame that this is a 22-year-old who's who's not playing with a top-class player beside him. And, and you know, even even if you've got a back four, where,
0: you know, because Everett's obviously phenomenal, and if the right back was solid as well, then that would kind of, maybe, that would also cover up some of the cracks in at centre-half because of the way that the back four works as a unit. And I just think Neville, Brown, and Evans across, you know, if you see that on the team sheet, you think, oh, dear. You know, and that's not not wanting to cast aspersions on any of their individual ability. Although I do think Gary Neville, I just this season, I mean, he's done incredibly well to fight back from that injury. But um, he he just looks to me, I, and I could be wrong, and I, I dearly
1: hope I'm proven wrong.
0: But he looks finished to me, and and I don't say that with any kind of malice, or you know, obviously.
1: No, I, I think you're. I think I think you're right actually. I, I think here's a here's a man who made more of his. Uh talent than you know perhaps he should have done through sheer desire through the physicality through keeping fit and he's lost the fitness he's lost the pace i think once the body goes unfortunately because he's not the most technically gifted of players a lot else has gone with it and he's getting out of position when he shouldn't do he can't make it up because he hasn't got the pace he's not providing the overlapping run so he's not really offering anything attacking wise and all he you know all he's got really to offer is experience and Unfortunately, at times, that's not enough. Uh,
0: talking of players with a lot of experience to offer with the surname Neville, um, over the period of... Do you, can you think off the top of your head how long it's been since we sold Phil Neville? I'm thinking it's probably six or seven years. Maybe. I just yeah. I just
1: think he could have done such a job so often in that six or seven years for United. Uh, yeah, and look, he had some great games when he was at United, especially midfield, not so much at uh fullback. Um there were times when uh, I I remember a particular game when um he scored against Chelsea on the volley. Uh for United won one 0 at Sanford Bridge. Yeah, um, you remember
0: the, the the Arsenal game which he basically won on his own at at Old Trafford? Yeah.
1: Yep, yep. Um he um he he had some really important games for United um and he would have been a very important squad player over the years but he he wanted more than that he wanted to be playing yeah you know, every week and and I don't think anyone could honestly say that Phil Neville would have been playing every week no
0: well except this season he would because one week he'd have been playing in central midfield because we didn't have any midfielders the next week he'd have been playing in, at right back you know because yeah he, he was he wasn't the, the best fullback in the world but he probably would have been better than any of our other right backs this season you know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, just and and almost immediately as he left, we had a we had a big midfield crisis, and Alan Smith was playing in midfield, and you know it's just it, that's a real what if scenario for me. I think Phil Neville would have been
1: a very valuable member of the squad. Well, uh, there you go, sentimentality about Phil Neville. You you, you never thought you'd hear it, did you? <laughs> no,
0: and and you know, talking of sentimentality about him, you kind of feel very happy that he's gone to a club where he's kind of. A, one of the main men you know he's, oh, he's, the, he's the club captain yeah exactly and, and, and that's that's kind of it's kind of nice to see him go on to do that you know yeah anyway Phil Neville bless him
1: there you go so after Everton we had um, West Ham on Tuesday night um, yeah, much it was, much, it was... much better performance than kind of what you'd <laughs> expected I mean A the hairdryer would have been out and B West Ham are useless um, talking of the hairdry, by the way, just to drag us back a, a couple of matches, uh, Wayne Rooney apparently
0: uh, berating his teammates at half time in that Milan game.
1: Yeah, well, this was just disputed a little bit by some uh, United bloggers who didn't really believe that's what he meant. I, I actually think that's what he did mean. That he yeah. that he told people in the dressing room exactly weren't what they weren't doing right. I think that was pointing out to Nani in particular who. Rooney was getting particularly frustrated with, um, yeah. but hey, that's Rooney's role now. He is the leader in many, many senses for United now. Not not only in terms of the goals he scores, and he's our kind of club talisman. He's short enough to be the club mascot. He's our <laughs> he's our he's our best player, uh, and uh, you know he's vocal about it. And he's got the confidence to do that in the right way. And he's a good role model. And he's just turned out to be. Um, yeah, you a know, really excellent pro. Um, you say he's very short, but he does keep scoring headers all season. He's got a lot of headers this season. Apparently he's been practicing. I, I think that's a lot do, to do with the position. He's not going Drogba-like and jumping from 15 yards <laughs> out and, you know, floating in the air, a Michael Jordan, and then bashing it into the top corner, is he? But um, he's getting in the right places. And, uh, yeah, he's got eight headers out of his 27 goals this season. Yeah,
0: it's it's twenty seven goals is such a fantastic return for Wayne Rooney. Um, it, 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 he's, I mean, what what can you say? Um, you know, Ben Hibbs. He does a lot of twittering. Uh, I don't I don't really know what his job is, but he seems to work at Old Trafford. I think
1: he's the in house reporter.
0: Right. Okay. Um, it's a good Twitter feed, by the way. If you if you. I, I found it nice to follow. He he was saying, you know, after the Milan game, he was sort of saying, we sold the best player in the world in the summer, but now we've got the best player in the world in the squad, you know, and was kind of claiming that Wayne Rooney had, had kind of grown into the
1: status of being the best in the world. I'm, I'm not sure I totally agree. Um, but... I, 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 think, I think he's in the top three right now. If it, you take current form... Ronaldo is absolutely going a storm at Real Madrid. I mean, I don't know if any of the listeners saw Real Madrid versus Villarreal, but he was brilliant and scored an absolutely stunning free kick. Uh, Messi is just wonderful to watch every single week. He was was great again in the Champions League last week, um, and I think Rooney's right up there with him now. The, the Of the other top players, Ronaldinho's been rubbish for two years and looks like he's just coming back into form, but I think most Milan fans will tell you if you watch any Italian football, he's still pretty inconsistent, and has had an average season at best at Real Madrid.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Fernando Torres got big injury problems and Drogba um, would be the other candidate, I guess, but, but he does less of an all-round job, I guess. Um but yeah, this is Rooney's. Rooney's a delight to watch, and it's it's been delight to see him kind of shine in the role of talisman. And you know that the, there's it's an interesting thing that you watch Ronaldo having a fantastic performance. But I don't know about you, but for me, I'm like just still like oh god, I'm glad we don't have to have deal with Ronaldo. Yeah, the the output's brilliant, but like, you know, it's just all about him. <laughs> it's just you know. He's the size of the man's ego. It's, it's it's nice to watch a kind of
1: humble, down-to-earth family man be a squad.
0: squad. Yeah, I, I, I hear
1: you. Um, if I had an opportunity to have Ronaldo back in the side, you would, though, wouldn't you? Nah, I suppose. Um, but not that United needed him against West Ham, of course. Uh, 3-0 winners on Tuesday night. And a pretty routine victory, I thought. But um, I, I thought the biggest positive from that game... Um, uh, I, there were a couple of big negatives as well, my new biggest positive. Uh, Nemanja Vidic came through it unscathed, put in a really solid performance. Uh, looks to be back with a bang, and he's really important.
0: That's what we need, that's what we need, isn't it? So, so what, what were some of the downsides
1: then? Uh, Anderson limping off after 18 minutes. Uh, we uh, confirmed today that he'd ruptured his left anterior cruciate ligament, that's a ligament that basically holds the two parts of the joint together. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a full tear, so he's not snapped it off or anything, but he's ruptured means a split in it. He'll be operated on in two weeks' time by a doctor in Portugal. Uh, once all the swelling's gone down, he'll be out for at least six months, is my guess, probably more like nine. So we might see him at sort of Christmas time next year. It's rough, for not it? This year. Um, so that, and then the other one, um, Rio Fernandes, as uh, Ferguson put it, twinged his back in the warm-up for Carrington before the game. Um, said he'll miss a couple of matches. I, I think history tells us with Rio that it's going to be more than a couple of matches. So minimum two weeks out, possibly more. They'll go through all the rehabilitation process again. Hope that his back settles down. And even when it does, he'll be back in training. And once he's had a few contact sessions, I'll think about putting him into the game. So he'll certainly miss the Cup final. He'll miss the AC Milan. Return leg, uh, he may well miss the Wolves game too, and possibly more than that.
0: Yeah, which is so significant
1: because you know
0: we're getting we're getting to the business end of things, aren't we? And and the season, the story of this season has yet to be written. Uh, it would have been very nice if Rio Ferdinand had been a central part in writing the rest of the season's story.
1: Yeah, he he's going to miss three or four games, and it's really crucial. And we've got what ten Premier League games to go, and most would be um what five six champions league games if we make it to the final yeah um and uh one carling cup game left one carling cup game yeah yeah sunday at wembley um will be a sea of green and gold and uh claret and blue um (laughs) uh yeah uh should be a cracking game, sold out. See, uh, Being the Carling Cup final, they actually allow some fans from each of the sides to go. It's nice of the FA there. <laughs> um, so you'll yeah, see a C of fans and then on the middle tier, which the executive bondholders will probably be empty as it always is. And uh, yeah, uh, playing the side who United um, played twice in, in recent memory. Uh, obviously the the uh, one-all one draw away um, when I thought United were pretty excellent really and Nani got himself sent off and then the 1-0 defeat at Old Trafford where um, Gabrielle at Bangla Hall kind of tore United to shreds
0: yeah absolutely which was we all hope isn't going to happen
1: uh, this weekend I saw something in your Twitter feed about um, Ferguson saying he might not play Rooney take this with a pinch of salt so uh, if you saw the, the Sky Sports News reporter at Old Trafford today um, talking uh, about uh the, the uh, rumors emanating out of the club where that Rooney might get a rest this weekend. That seems crazy talk, isn't that just? Isn't that completely and utterly crazy talk? Well, it's about priorities. So Rooney's played an awful lot of football. He's had almost no rest. Um, so uh, if you list the priorities: Champions League, Premier League, Carling Cup, um, that makes sense in Ferguson's mind because. The, that makes sense. He needs a rest and uh, the least amount of priority, so the Carling Cup final coming up, least least priority, probably got the Wolves game, might get a rest there, although it's an away game, right? Um
0: it's it's the final. I know, I know, I give, know. Him a rest, give him a rest next week away at Wolverhampton Wanderers. And and, and My... given
1: where and given where United are in the league, I mean obviously we're a point behind. Chelsea have a game in hand, obviously we've got Chelsea come to Old Traff, so there's no guarantees. We're not in the greatest position with ten games to go. Absolutely Champions not. League Truth be told, there are better sides in the Champions League than United this season. Um, so yeah, look, there's no guarantees in the Premier League in European competition. This is our best shot at, at silverware, but I, I think Ferguson will take a calculated gamble. He will play a couple of the fringe players. So I'd expect to see uh, Darren Gibson start. We'll probably see Raphael in there. We um, we might see Gabriel Obertanil just he will it'll probably take a call. I mean, obviously Nani's banned, so he, yeah, he's going to pick two from three of Park Valencia and Obertan, and uh, obviously Giggs is going to be out, and and he might rest a couple of players with the Milan game coming up.
0: The thing is, we've got the on the 28th, which is this Sunday, we're playing Filler away. We're not then playing until the following Saturday, when we're not playing until half past five in the evening. So, two and a half hours extra time in between. Yeah, but there's, and, the, there's
1: the England game in between, isn't there? And, and um, an inter- Right, that's it's, what's, yeah. Unfortunately, right. it's an international week, so England play uh, Egypt at Wembley. Um, um, that's and right. Rio obviously won't play, but Rooney will be in the squad, and it's their last game before he names his squad, so you'd expect Capello to play a pretty strong side there. Okay, well, that makes it make slightly more
0: sense. But still, it seems a shame. It really would seem a shame, given the kind of story of the Carling Cup this season, to to not see Rooney in the final. Uh, Because I think think the more second-string fringe players he plays, I mean, it goes without saying, but
1: the less likely we are to be lifting a bit of silverware on Sunday. Actually, we don't have a good record at Wembley, so um, I think it's six visits to the new Wembley. Four of them have ended up in penalty shootouts and we've scored one goal.
0: And you know the Carlin Cup we won when we played um, Wigan in the final?
1: Yeah, that was at um, Millennium Stadium. Yeah. I, was, I was there, and I was there queuing for four hours outside after the game to get into the train station.
0: <laughs> that, that, that sounds like it might have taken the edge of the day. Um, but you, you saw how That was like the first trophy that Rooney won, um, the first major trophy he'd won, if you can call it properly, a major trophy. But you could see how much it meant to the players. Right? Yeah. It meant
1: to all the players who won last year as well. Yeah. Um, and and that was a proper fringe side wasn't it? Yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean but anyway, so I I just think I think it would be a real 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 shame if he if he under undercooked the undercooked the car in Cup final and, and we lost as a result because for sure Villa are not going to be playing any fringe players in that game.
1: Oh no, this is this is Villa's only shot at a trophy well, they're still in the FA Cup aren't they? So they won yeah. last night in a replay. Um, talking of which, Manchester City, our darling <laughs> neighbours from uh, the east side of Manchester, well, Eastlands anyway, lost last night at Stoke. So, Sean Gota, Curly Watts, your team took one hell of a beating. <laughs> Noel Gallagher, <laughs>
0: Ricky Hatton, and uh, Peter I, didn't Swales. Say, I, did, I didn't say anything bad about Ricky Hatton. I take it back. I take it back. He might be a City fan, but I'm still scared of him. That banner's not coming down then, I guess
1: no although actually strictly speaking it is the 1976 league cup final so once the league cup finals pass next year then that is strictly speaking 35 years but still it's 35 years it's been a long
0: time and you know you have to sort of think we might as well enjoy it while it lasts because that is not going to
1: last forever they
0: will win something
1: well if... well city have have this uh, this this phrase at the moment, uh, the lovely fans on the uh, on the uh, the city forums are all calling for Mancini to be sacked today. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, TikTok they say uh, yeah, it's only a matter of time. Well, maybe, but um, they're still providing a lot of comedy in the meantime. Yeah,
0: absolutely, uh, and that's what you want out of Manchester City, really, isn't it? Comedy. Hey, so I've got a uh, bone to pick with you, by the way, which we didn't talk about beforehand because I've just thought about it. You wrote an article on your website, unitedrant.co.uk, the very popular and influential Manchester United fanzine, uh, saying that Dimitar Berbatov's time was nigh at Manchester United. I I
1: feel personally betrayed, Ed. Justify yourself. I, I think it was a perfectly rational and sensible article, actually. And I, I got a bit <laughs> cheesed off with some of the commenters because uh, I felt people who saw the headline and we went, uh, you know, you've jumped to conclusions again just because we lost at Everton. And actually, it was, it was far from it. I, it was uh, it was based on uh, something that Alex, Alex Ferguson said, in which he said that it's really difficult for us to play Dimentar when we play three in central midfield. I mean, basically it means they're playing one up front. And it's not going to be Berbatov, because that's not his game. He doesn't have the pace the stretch defenders. He's not going to be playing with his back to goal. So it's just not his game. Berbatov only plays in the games where United play two up front. I don't remember the last time United played two up front in one of the biggest games. So Chelsea, Liverpool, European away games, a lot of European home games. Ferguson never deploys two strikers. It's always one. So we've got, effectively, a, a £30 million player, a beautifully talented £30 million player who I love to watch, who's there for the B games at best. Yeah. That's got to be frustrating. And I think Ferguson knows it, and he's kind of come to that conclusion. Look, if he wants to play this way, it's all about results, right? So if United are getting the best out of Rooney playing this way and getting the best results playing this way, fair enough. You know, he, he lives and dies by his results, after all. Yeah, um... But Bobatov just doesn't fit into that so so the question then is is Bobatov happy to be a squad player? It's also a question of money uh, he he goes into the third year of his contract next year, so if he doesn't leave in the summer, he'll be to the end of his third year he's got a four year contract so he's worth almost nothing and he'll be into his thirties so the bean counters will also be saying, is this the time if uh, if if you're not going to use him more if you don't think he's the right asset for United. Is this the time for him to move on? So there are a couple of you know pressures there for for Bobatov to move on. And we'll see. It'll be a real shame. I, I really want him to come good, but he's not going to change, right? This is Dimitar Bobatov. He is he yeah. is. And I actually thought he had a pretty good game against Everton, one of the few who did. Yep,
0: absolutely. And um, my only thought would be if he goes... Well, I suppose you just you just can't afford to have Berbatov being a kind of second, a, a backup
1: player, really, can you? That's essentially the point you're making. We do need diversity, and um, and a few people rightly pointed that out. So, um, so Ferguson's going to play straight up front. What you, what you really do need is flexibility, right? And yeah. and so we do need a bunch of players like that. Actually, we've got Rooney, and none others because we've got Berbatov, Owen, who who's got to play with another striker. Um, and uh, Miram Diouf, who looks like a... I mean, from what I've seen of him in the reserves, uh, he looks like a you know proper central striker to me. So yeah. there's not much else there. And then a bunch of wingers. I mean, Nani and and Valencia. and Valencia in particular has had a really good season. He's scored more goals than he's ever done before. And, you know, what is it? Seven and seven assists or something like that. A really good return. But it's not 20.
0: No, and he's uh, also can't, you know, he, positionally... He's limited. I don't mean that as a criticism. I mean, he plays his position well, but he's not Cristiano Ronaldo. You know, he's not. He's not Thierry. He can't come in off the wing in that and become a centre forward. You know, even though, he's, you know, obviously he can score coming off the wing, but right.
1: it's not the same. As, so as so that type of job. I think, I think, you know, put, put it this way. If Rooney was injured, of course, Berbatov would be in the side and he'd, play, he'd have to play two up front. I mean, he just almost hadn't got any choice. Right? Yeah, and that would change uh ferguson's tactical thinking a lot and uh so i'm sure he's thinking about that balance as well between what strikers i mean owen's basically been a failure um he's got well, six or seven goals i mean maybe that's okay for someone who's not getting paid much yeah absolutely uh, and he's got to
0: score more than carlos tevez did last season that's
1: the the aim right yeah i he, he yeah he might struggle to do that actually um Given that he's not going to play many games between now and the end of the season, so yeah. um, and we don't know about Diuf. I mean, he's had you know a few minutes minutes as a sub scored, but he's he's scoring quite a few goals for the reserves. But they don't have that many games left this season, so so I think he'll be thinking about the balance. Uh, I I think it's really touch and go whether Berbatov stays um, as good as he is, and I'm a Berbatov fan.
0: Yeah, OK, well, all right, you've, you've won me over. Well, you haven't won me over, but, but I'll at least forgive you for writing a perfectly rational, well-thought-out discussion of Berbatov's position in the United squad, even though he's Dimitar Berbatov, and so rational thought need not apply. Um... He is still the coolest man in football. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and in so many ways, he's the natural successor to Cantona. Oh, that's the thing that gets me. No, there hasn't been anyone at United in any who's like Cantona, you know, and and you know no one is like Cantona, but he's he's the closest thing we've got to a to a successor to Eric, and it's a shame that the football's changed so much and the dynamism has become just so much a, a key part of world football, you know, all those players that you listed as the best players in the world. Are all incredibly physically dynamic,
1: in different ways. I mean, obviously, uh, yeah. Messi's is tiny, a, but... Yeah, Messi's tiny. Ronaldo's a beast of an athlete, but um... but Messi's quick, you know, yeah. and uh, he, he's yeah. It is. It will be a real
0: shame if Berbatov leaves United not having achieved some semblance of real greatness, because you, you think it's it is possible given the right circumstances.
1: Well, um, you know, when Sebastian Varon, who it uh, was a wonderfully talented player, and United paid you know the best part of the thirty million pounds for him, and it just didn't quite work out for him either. And you know, as, yeah, as, as I said, he he did he was given the task of trying to force his way into the best midfield quartet United have ever had. So yeah, that was a tough task for him. It's a tough ask for Berbatov for different reasons, and mainly it's because tactically he just doesn't seem to fit with the way that uh, Sir Alex is thinking right now
0: all right so this is um this is the first of hopefully a couple of pre cup final uh episodes of the rant cast um what are your predictions for uh the carlin cup final on sunday
1: i uh, i've already done this prediction actually i did a mini interview with espn star in asia uh, and i predicted 2-0 to united oh no i don't think it's going to be 2-0 i all right i'm going to
0: give my heart prediction which is that united are going to win 2-1. i actually don't think united are going to win that's that it's a horrible feeling uh, and i i hope i'm wrong i really do but um i i I think that essentially if ferguson plays a full strength side then we'll win and if
1: he doesn't we won't that's what i think right yeah so so you're fudging your answer you mean yeah yeah i'm totally fudging my answer
0: but 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 i'm gonna Fudge on the side of he does play a full strength squad and we do win and we win 2-1 because I think they'll score. I just want to plug something before we go, Ed. Um, I've mentioned Twitter a few times. um I know a couple of people have been following my personal Twitter feed, but I've actually set up a, a United Rantcast Twitter feed, which is utd rantcast all one word. So twitter.com/utd rantcast uh, where. I'll put football stuff on it all the time, and not stuff that's not about football. So if you want to follow that, do good stuff. And of course, follow United Rant on Twitter.
1: We're always there.
0: So um, we've we agree then, Ed. This time next week, we'll put up another episode.
1: Thursday night next week, RankCast episode 21. All right, I'll speak to you then. Good night.